2: All right, all right. Well, welcome you guys this morning to the Paul Price Show. Uh, Mine is Paula Price. <laughs> Dr. Paula Price is moving and she is shaking. Uh, this week is a really, really big week for her. It's a really big week for us because God is breaking boundaries with her mantle. You know, we're in a season right now with Paul Price Ministries and really Paula Price Enterprises, as we like to call it, um, where God is actually bringing into fruition so many things that we have prayed about for a long time. And I wanted to kick off this show with that because we you you guys and us we've been on this journey together and um, something happened there was a spark that happened a couple years ago when we were doing this program and people started really tuning in giving their feedback and the result of what you guys see today is God bringing like this fullness to the manifestation of everything that he promised so Dr. Price is traveling uh, this weekend because of an invitation that she received from the College of Prophets um, to be a part of what they were doing and I I just love what God is saying about her in this season and what he's doing because a lot of times when you're birthing something and I I maybe hope this speaks to somebody today, but when you're birthing something, you have no idea how far it's going to go. You know, when you're in the birthing season, you really don't know what exactly is going to come of it. You have the word of the Lord, you have a promise of God, but that promise doesn't have legs. It doesn't have hands. It doesn't have feet yet. And it can be difficult to visualize in in, in every, in every way where it's going to go. I know I have apostle Sally here with me today. I've got prophet Tamir Alexander here with me. Um, I know they can testify to this. You know, we you, you you each carry a piece of what God has given you, obviously to birth and to manifest. But when you're in seed mode and you're trying to make something happen for God, you you can't fully even imagine the depths that it will go. And a lot of times, you have to take hits during that birthing time. Mm-hmm in order for it to come to pass. Dr. Price used to always say, I'm going to be the last woman standing no matter what. You know, she was taking a lot of hits for what she was doing, for being different. Honestly, guys, as big as she is now, she still is taking hits for being different um, and being willing to stand through that to see the fullness. You know, I, I believe that more and more as I see her life and even just studying the word myself, it's like, The strong survive, you know, in that classic sense, in terms of when you're given a word from the Lord, it's like, you know, it's those that are willing to see it through to the very end of it that get the promise, that get the prize. So to see her in this season of her life where she's starting to walk out a lot of pieces of that inheritance, which is you guys that are listening to us, that tune in with us, that write us back, that are coming home to Tulsa, you're a big part of that. Even the people we are. Yes. You know, mm-hmm. um, we're a part of it too. And it's exciting to see her begin to walk out the fullness of that promise uh, because there was a lot of war before reward. There was war before the win. How many of you guys can attest to testify to that and attest to that that sometimes you're going through a war before the win. But it's those that will endure through that that see that promise. It's encouraging to me um, because, obviously, I'm in a different season in my life than Dr. Price. She's my mentor. She's my leader. So she's gone ahead and lived a lot of things that I'm walking through right now, um, and it's encouraging to see that. Yes, indeed, there is a reward that comes with all the risk, with all the work, with all the warring, prophetic and apostolic people. You got to hear that because we are called to be different as prophets, as apostles. Um, And it's like we say that, but guys, living that out, living that difference out can be uncomfortable, very uncomfortable, because the reality is you have to live different and live with the consequences of being different and live with the consequences of people not understanding what you are, who you are are and what you're meant to do. Um, and God requires that of us to be willing to pay that price because it's nothing less than what Jesus had to do when he was walking the planet either because they didn't understand him either, mm. you know, and they didn't, they didn't recognize who he was either. You know, many times he would say, who do you say I am? Who do they say I am? So that, the reality is that we're paying a price as prophetic and apostolic people that he paid Amen. And that we're not getting out of, you know, there is no getting out of it. It's walking through it. So I hope somebody's encouraged by that today. Um, but I want to hear maybe from my guests. You guys see that I have guests. I'm Prophet Adia. Um, standing in for the great Apostle Paul Price this morning. But I have guests. I have people with me. They're standing with me. All right. So I want to give Apostle uh, Sally Shaney just the opportunity to greet you guys. Um, we're going to be talking about Prophets
0: today. Oh Being
2: I am a prophet, y'all know if I'm going to come on the Paula Price show, I'm probably going to talk about some prophetic yes. things. But I have an apostle here with me today too. So I, I want to talk with her as well. And just even about apostles and prophets together. But Dr. Price has been talking the last couple of weeks about um, prophets needing to stay in their place. Mm. So I thought we'd talk about that a little bit today and hopefully talk about how can prophets and apostles really work together right here right now how can we really do this because apostolic and prophetic collaborations are powerful they oh my god they're meant to bring such a powerful fruit and it's like can we get us there so apostle sally i'm gonna let you greet the folks at the paul price show and uh we'll kick off with you and we'll let prophet tamir greet them too what's going on in your world? greet us tell us what's going on well, I'm Apostle Sally Cheney, and I am
1: one of the near apostles here at New at uh, with Dr. Price, who is our chief apostle. And I am so excited to be with you today. I believe that we have a great show planned for you today because God always has something to say through apostles and yes. mm, especially our prophets. They are fire. So I'm excited. I was thinking about when you were talking about Dr. Price and going through, and that all of the Things that we have to deal with, you yeah. know, um, all of the trials and all the tribulations and things that come about. I was thinking about that and I was looking at the scriptures in, of Paul, all of the things that he gave us in Acts and explaining yeah. about his life and all those things that he went through. And I always compare and put those two together, Paula and Paul. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. They, they do uh, have some serious testimonies, but they've made it through it. And Paul, I'm sure he wasn't thinking he was going to have to go through what he went through. And I'm sure Dr. Price didn't think she was going to have to go through what she went through. But they're both strong apostles and they had to finish the way they're doing right now. And I like their boldness. I like Paul's boldness. I like that Dr. Price does not hold back, as you know. All of you know that. So I'm just encouraged. I believe this woman of God has a lot to do Uh, well, I say ninety five percent at least (laughs) of what who we are today. You know, we just had to say yes. (laughs) And she went through all of the going through the the ground and just getting that ground fertile in us and making sure that we became strong apostles and prophets. So I'm encouraging you all today, stay tuned because there's much more that God's gonna bring. Yes. Amen. Amen. Good
3: morning, everyone. Um, I am excited to be on the Paula Price show and excited about all the great things, that you were uh, saying earlier, having your chief apostle, being able to speak to the College of Prophets, and and then your topic being on prophets today and and our ability to stay in our lanes. I think that's why it's so important that we do have the partnering of apostles and prophets because both mantles are needed, you know, for us to even be able to stay in line, but also for God to get the whole of what he is wanting. Yeah. And so I think today's show is so great because we do have the collaboration of the apostles and the prophets and really understanding in depth. What does that mean? What does yeah. staying in my lane mean? But what is my lane? You know, mm-hmm. when I think for apostles, uh, for prophets specifically, you know, you do have them, you know, they're having prophetic visions. Yeah. They're having prophetic, you know, experiences, yes. but they're not under, the right authority, they're not under an apostle, they're not under, you know, a good prophet, and so many of them are in congregations wondering, what is God saying concerning my life? I know things are happening, but, I mean, I was just helping someone out with that recently, but not knowing how to place it all. Yes. You know, it's happening, but then if you're not under the right headship, they can't speak to that side of you, and that's why a lot of times prophets are seen as crazy. Yes. You know, some of them are seeing mental illness, you know, all of these things, because if you don't have the right person as Apostle Sally, you said that has literally paved the way. hmm and that's why legacy is so important. Yeah. And that's why Dr. Price, you know, speaks to prophets all the time and say, no, you, yes, you are prophet, but you're too young. Yes. And, you know, and a lot of people don't want to hear that. You're not seasoned enough yes. because you have to be able to have the Lord speak to every part of you. Yes. Open it up. You know, the activation piece is one thing, but that's a small small piece of the long journey that allowed this whole man to literally go from the gift to the office, to embodying the office, to become an officer. So I think today's show is going to be amazing. No, that's really good. You know,
2: you talked about, you know, People, prophetic people, especially, and even a lot of prophets right now. Uh, we do get a lot of that as, as people will call our offices. We're doing a lot of advisements, a lot of mentorship times with prophets that aren't quite sure what to do next. You know, I, I want to talk about that a little bit today, you know, because she talked about the fact that <laughs> prophecy to stop vacating their places, looking for everywhere else to be but in their place being prophets. And I think that part of that comes from us not valuing what our mantle is, what we're supposed to be doing. And it's Partly, you know, and just everything that people have talked to me about, especially when they're calling and they're needing coaching, I think that we've got to start distinguishing spiritual and intangible, mm-hmm. because it's as if we think because something is a spiritual call that there's nothing we can wrap our arms around. There's nothing we yeah. can touch. So we try to do everything from our own resources. Um, and this is going to put us in a stuck place as prophets. This is where education really is important. Dr. Price and her programs are spearheading education for prophets, and partly because of that reason, because if we as prophets, speaking to prophets today, I'm definitely going to have Apostle Sally speak to Apostles as well, but if we as prophets don't understand that not everything that we must do is intangible and that it all can't come out of our own resources, we're not going to get to this level of these Bible right. prophets. We're just not going to be there. So in other words, what I mean by that is like, I'll get a call and someone will say to me, um, well, I just, you know, I'm getting visions, I'm getting dreams and God's moving for me and I just have no idea what to do next. And I'll say, well, what would you do next if it was something else? And I know we've talked about this on this program. And it's at that point that we can start talking through solutions. Well, I guess if I knew I was going to go to law school, if I knew I was going to do this and that, the other thing, I would begin to do these steps. And then I begin to walk into that process. Well, there's tangible things to wrap your heads around. Profits, hear me. You've got to study the prophets in order to know what your place is, what your mantle is, and what you're supposed to be doing. If you're not studying your biblical predecessors, what they were doing, what they were all about, you're going to have gaps in your understanding. You're not supposed to do this all out of your own resources just because it's spiritual. The fact that it's spiritual helps you understand the origin, like where it comes from, right? right? That your prophetic resources and your abilities don't come from the earth. But that doesn't mean that everything that you must do from that point forward is intangible. Like it's it's somehow it's osmosis that you're going to come by this knowledge or that God's just going to dump it in your spirit. No, there's there's a reason we have a blueprint. There's a reason that there was a generation. See, the thing is you're not the first generation. So that means that you have opportunity to learn from the generation that came before you. Hmm. You know, if we were Samuel, that'd be different. Because a lot of people will say that. Well, they didn't learn that way, but they came before you, though. So there was not all of those years of prophetic success. Think about Samuel, because we're going to talk about him a little bit today. You know, we're talking about a guy who had who had to build the pattern for how the prophetic was going to be done. So, and and the Bible clearly speaks to in First Samuel three that God spent intense time with Samuel, visited him on multiple occasions to give him the pattern. Mm. So the reality is you can't use that excuse either. Well, that's just not how the Bible people learn. Well, hear me, people of God, the Bible people didn't have what you have. First of all, they didn't have the Bible. Right.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: Praise God. Okay, they didn't have the blueprints that you have. And they had to build something so we're supposed to be learning from what they built. Dr. Price said something, and this is why I wanted to talk about this today, because as I was thinking about the the topic and, you know, kind of where will we go, and I want to hear from you guys. So if you have questions along the way, Rachel will note them, because I want to talk to you guys about this. There's so many prophets that watch our program, so many apostles. Apostles, I want you to stay and watch too, because we need that. We need to even understand now what you think. Think your role is in terms of what God is doing and how we're supposed to come together, but she said we need prophets today that are tried and proven. And I thought that was interesting because the reality is, guys, let's just be real for just one moment. We do have a lot of prophets today, don't we? Hmm. I mean, I, I mean, turn on Facebook at nine o'clock. I challenge you, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock p.m., turn on your Facebook feed, okay? You're going to see people. Do you ever watch Facebook Lives on mute? (laughs) I I do this, okay, if you just need a little comedic relief. But um, when you watch that Facebook Live on mute, you know, you're going to see tons of faces going at it. We have prophetic voices. There's no shortage of prophetic voices. But what her comment was, we need prophets today tried and proven. Um, God is doing something different. He's moving us out of where we were. It's okay for us to admit that things weren't exactly the way that they ought to have been, or we we hadn't been effective as we needed to be. But she talked about that. She said, everything starts with prophets. And then she said, a prophet is to protect the purity of God Mm -hmm. and his word. What I love about all those statements is they don't speak to just the function of opening your mouth and speaking. And one of the things that I know that God is doing is challenging us as prophets to come out of that. Wake up, you know, mm-hmm. that there's more for us to be doing than just simply prophesying. So I say that turn on your Facebook, 9 o'clock, 10 p.m., turn on your Instagram, you're going to see no shortage of people flooding, flooding, flooding with prophecy. It's overflowing, overflowing. But part of that is what else is there? Right, right. Would you agree with that? Yes, I would agree with that.
3: You know, I think that you posed a great question. What else? You know, after you prophesy, what else can you do? And I think that that's what makes Dr. Price's message so different because a lot of the things that you hear in the media and you hear on Facebook and Instagram is just them – being prophesiers, you know, or just saying the word of the Lord, but nothing past that. Not all, but, uh, you know, a lot that's Mm -hmm. out there, that's all that they do. And so I think why prophetic education is necessary because it takes you past prophecy. Okay. So who are you past prophesying? Yes. And when we do look at our biblical predecessors, we see that, yes, they prophesied, but they did a lot more than yes. prophesy. Mm-hmm. Elijah, Elisha, mm-hmm. we're doing a lot more than just prophesying the word of the Lord. Jeremiah, mm-hmm. you know, prophesied a lot, but that's not all that they did for Jesus Christ. Yeah. And I think where where we understand, where we're getting uh, the education with the gift versus the officer. Yeah. Is that the officer? The officer does more than just prophesy. Mm-hmm. So, what are you going to do all day long? What is call, God calling you to do as a prophet more than just prophesy? And that's where the question lingers yes. over so many people's head because they're like, what? <laughs> Yeah, that is not just the, the word of the Lord on our life as a prophet is not to just prophesy all day long. Mm-hmm. God's like, but what are you going to do? I need tangible fruit. I need you to go out and labor. I need my harvest. You say, what? The harvest is truly what? Plentiful, but the labors right. are few because we're trying to just stay at home and prophesy. Yes. we're just trying to stay in our Mm classes and just parade. But But God said, what what is the work, the duty? mm -hmm. And if you ask the prophet, what is your duty? Are you defending the nation of Jesus Christ? Are you finding out what the work of the Lord is through your job, your professional job?
2: Past just prophesying in front of a camera. Well, absolutely, because I guess the question then becomes, as a prophet then, when you're not getting some kind of intel about someone, what's happening? With you. In other words, at any given time, are you able to communicate and articulate what the will of God is and what the mind of God is. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was first being brought into uh, Dr. Price's even understanding of things. She would question us on what the mind of God was on certain issues. Right. I don't know. At that time, like, I don't know. I think that, if we can somehow uncover that prophet i got to challenge you with that today, because you know the the gift of Dr. Paula Price and her ministry was to bring shed light on that the prophet proper, the apostle prop proper mm-hmm. these these officers as full agencies mm-hmm. and institutions, and what they were supposed to bring to the table. so, as a prophet, when you are not picking up intel about a specific person or family, can you articulate what the will of god is i 'm not talking about a prophecy. I'm talking about knowing where God's mind is yes. right now. What is he thinking? And what does he feel about things? I think one of the, the stark differences when I first met Dr. Price was that she would say, God God feels this way or that way about things. i be like you know and it was in that moment that i re- that i recognized even that the mantle of the prophet is supposed to be able to detect the sentiment of god the temperature of god right. um, the reactions of god i wanted to touch on first samuel 15 i, I want to postpone to speak on this but i want to read on this a little bit because okay so samuel we understand so many things from the biblical models of the prophets. And so a lot of times you can find answers for what you're supposed to be doing and what your focus is supposed to be based on our biblical history and things that were given to us to give us examples. As I was reading First Samuel 15, so first Samuel 15 is when Paul, I mean Saul and Samuel have this interaction about the word of the Lord that Samuel gave to Saul about what God wanted him to do in battle. First of all, I think that's profound, and making a statement just in that alone, that Samuel's role when it came to the kingdom of Saul was not just to prophesy the future or to predict what would come next, but he was also to give instruction about what God wanted to be done. Mm. Prophets are Mm. always supposed to know what God wants done. This is important. Challenge yourself in this prophets. This is a time for us to come up. Dr. Bryce has been saying we gotta get in our place. What does that look like? It looks like you understanding what your role and your function is in the earth as a prophet and what God expects from you. So Samuel, in this instance, in first Samuel 15 The very first thing is he gives Saul a prophetic instruction by telling him exactly what God wanted to occur. So verse three, he says, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep camel, and donkey. He gives them very specific instructions about what to leave alive, what God wanted dead, and this came from the throne of heaven, which we know. We know that Saul gathers the people, and if you know anything about Psalm 15, then Psalm 1 Samuel 15, then you recognize that he did not do this, okay? So uh, verse 19, I mean verse 9, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the auction, oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs, listen to this, and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused, they destroyed utterly. Mm. Now hear this for just a moment. So the people, okay, the responsibility of humanity, flesh, people, right. is that we are always going to interpret what seems good to us. What does the prophet say? There's a way that seems right to a man. Mm-hmm. But in the end, it leads to death. So the job of the flesh is to do what suit fit. So what do they do? They go into the situation, and they're like, well, you know, and Saul, his lack of leadership, which is why God was through with him, the first prophet, to recognize that God was done. But he, he looks around, and he's like, but that seems good to me. Right. So I'm gonna keep that. Like, mm-hmm. why You know, it's not that he didn't hear me. It's not that he didn't know the word of the Lord. It's that he took the word of the Lord and personally interpreted it for his mm-hmm. own good.
1: Yes, amen.
2: Hallelujah. Why do we need prophets? Because we're still doing this. This is humanity now. You know what I mean? Yeah. These stories that we're, that we're reading and understanding, we haven't changed that much as flesh. We're still doing that right now. There are major words of God that, that, that true authentic prophets are speaking into the land and have spoke, and we're still going to do what we want to do with it, mm-hmm. interpreting it the way we want. So that's what happens. He does this. Um, the word of the Lord comes uh, to Samuel, and God is telling Samuel in verse 11, it repents me that I've set up Saul to be king, for he's turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And then mm-hmm. Samuel he cries all night all right he raises up early what does he raise up early to do to go correct the situation hmm. so then prophets take things into their own hands and mm-hmm. mantle to be to bring fixes and corrections to the situation what am I doing today laying some foundation helping you understand and answer some of those questions what on earth are we supposed to be doing outside of prophesying so he gets up he has to then go rectify the situation why because the word came to him hmm. Because the word came to him. So it was his responsibility to go see to the execution of that word. He was supposed to verify and confirm that that word happened. This is also, guys, how you can begin to discern the difference between prophets, prophesiers. Listen, any, any fool can speak the word of the Lord. I mean, Saul was a fool, and he was prophesying. Anybody, anybody, if the, Spirit, if the Holy Spirit's falling in the room, anybody can start prophesying and speaking the word of the Lord. And many times what they're speaking can be accurate. But the execution and the verification, the confirmation of that word, that belongs to the realm of the officer. Mm-hmm. Amen. So here comes Samuel, and he's coming. Verse 14, and Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen, oxen which I hear? Because Saul proudly, hey, I, I obeyed the word of the Lord. Do we not do this as well as now, as humans, hallelujah, Mm -hmm. all the time? (laughs) Look what I have done. I have obeyed. He completely, I think in that moment, forgot that he made a judgment call right in the middle of the word and decided how the word was to be carried out. I get, listen, do you get calls about this? About people who Mm -hmm. praise God, Mm -hmm. all right, who say, what do they say? Sally? I obey. I don't know why God's mad. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And I'm thinking you right. might you might know a little bit of why, because you're on the phone with the prophet right now trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to how to fix it. Right. You know, so you as a prophet or an apostle help them get to the bottom of it. All right. right. So he he feels that he obeyed the word of the Lord. And Saul said, They have brought them from the Amalekites for the people spared the best of the sheep. Now it's the people, okay? And of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord. Then Samuel said Said unto Saul, Stay, listen, hear me, stay, and I will tell thee what the Lord hath said to me on this night. And he said to him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou wast little in your own sight, were you not made the head of the tribes of Israel, and the Lord anointed you king over Israel? Let me remind you, hmm. Samuel says, in this moment, what God said to you. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore, then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. Samuel, in this instance, is in his mantle, drawing attention to the sin that had occurred and why it was sinful. And Saul said unto Samuel, yea, I have obeyed and gone the way which the Lord sent me. I brought King Agag of, of Amalekite and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil, the sheep, the sheep of the things, which should have utterly been destroyed, to sacrifice. So what does he do? He turns the word around and says, well, the people only did this so they could give God something that they thought was good. That's the book.
0: <laughs>
2: Listen, hear me, because... Prophets are being slaughtered real prophets are being slaughtered on the streets. We're out on these streets. It's tough out there on these streets for genuine prophets <laughs> right now. Because they're being slaughtered on the no. streets. But listen, why are they being slaughtered? For telling people that what they think is good for God isn't good. Right. Mm. Is that not why where we're mm. Profit Shamir, is that why we're being slaughtered on the street? Why well, we're being slaughtered, especially now with all these social issues. Of all the salad.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> That's what's happening. <laughs>
2: We're being slaughtered out on these streets, y'all, because we're saying that, you know, your streetwear in the pulpit, that God, God ain't pleased with it. We're getting slaughtered on the streets. I mean, I just saw a post about, I mean, literally, this woman of God got slaughtered on the streets for drawing attention to the fact that churches look like, like rock concerts and clubs. Slaughtered on those streets. People get massacred on these streets for bringing attention to things by telling people what they thought. Because the prophets, the prophets, role was to help flesh discern because flesh don't know Mm -hmm. we don't know the difference they understood at that time that it was the prophet's role to come and distinguish what our flesh could not what we think is good y'all we have we we don't have the discernment standard Mm -hmm. our righteousness is our righteousness not as filthy rat is it so the prophet's role was to help to bring that distinguishment, that discernment. So again, prophets, why do you have to be educated? Because no one has to educate you to speak, but people have to educate you to know. No, you don't have to be educated to talk. We know you can talk. People come to our university, they can speak. What you have to be educated about is what is it you're speaking about and do you know? The knowledge. It's the knowledge. So Samuel had to know that's not what God wanted, but that relationship had to be there. So he begins to tell him it's not what God wanted Um Samuel, I want you to know and remind you that it's a prophet that said it was better to obey than sacrifice. Mm. That's where this verse comes from, for the verse that we quote all the time, verse <laughs> verse twenty two. And Samuel said, "Half the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams." In other words, that little piddly excuse that you just gave about how the reason I disobeyed was to bring a sacrifice and a gift to God—that ain't gonna work. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, a prophet said that, and stubbornness is an, as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Mm. Is Samuel giving Saul some kind of personal edification in this moment? <laughs> no. He's delivering direct edicts, throne of God, about what God intended to do and had already decided to do. Verse 24, Saul said to Samuel, I've sinned, I've transgressed. We know that he said he sinned. He asked uh, Samuel to come with him. He then tears Samuel's garment. Verse 27, Samuel's turning. He says, I'm not going to go with you because God has rejected you. He tears Samuel's mantle. Samuel says, then gives him another, listen, not necessarily a prophetic word, another edict. Mm -hmm. The Lord has torn. The, The King James says has rent, and the rent means torn and pulled apart or ripped with violence. The Lord has ripped from you, what Samuel says to Saul, the kingdom of Israel from you this day. He's given it to a neighbor of yours that is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not a man that he should repent. Then he said, Saul, I have sinned, yet honor me. Uh, he says, please turn with me so we can worship the Lord. He does. And verse 32, Samuel then finishes the assignment. Then said Samuel, Bring ye hither to me Agag, the king of the Amalekites. And Agag, Agag came to him delicately. Mm. <laughs> and Agag said, Surely the bitterness of death is past. And Samuel said, as, the sword ha- as your sword has made women childless. Again, going back to God's issues with Agag. Because, see, the thing is, ah, oh, yeah, that will suck. A prophet. <laughs> okay. A prophet is able, obviously, to see, because they have God's mind perspective, Samuel knew why God wanted Agag dead. God didn't have to tell Saul why he wanted him dead. He gave Saul the instruction, I want them all gone. Samuel knew it all, the reasons. This was, and how do I know he knew the reasons? He tells him the reasons. He says, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord, and Samuel goes home. Oh, After his assignment is done, I'm out. <laughs> he goes home. He returns home. Why did I? I? I went to First Samuel 15 today because so much of what we do, as in modern contemporary times, is confined to the models that we're looking at today. Mm-hmm. Without the historical context, guys, we're never we're gonna miss it. We're gonna continue to miss it. So, in other words, we're basing our validity as prophets our credibility as prophetic people and what we're supposed to be doing as prophets maybe on models from like five years ago 10 years ago who then based it on the model that they had like a few years prior to that and we don't have an understanding of collectively what this mantle is supposed to do and so what's what it's supposed to achieve so when dr price says something like we need prophets tried and proven our mind goes to all the prophetic voices that we're hearing and we're there's no context. Like we have, that people are speaking prophecy. But what exactly is God looking for beyond the realm of just the communication of of what we believe that I guess the word of the Lord is, or, or, or what God is saying in that specific moment? What is God's mind on things? So I wanted to bring that out because that I believe that those kind of prophetic distractions are what are creating some of the breaching and the compromising on what's going on in the body of Christ right now. What say you, I guess, Apostle Sally (laughs) on this, because I think it's an important conversation that we have to have as prophets or else we're not going to be able to get on the level that we need to be on.
1: Well, first of all, the book, the prophetic handbook right there could help you a lot to get out of this thing of I've got to prophesy because All of what Dr. Price has written in this handbook gives you instructions that there is more to it than the prophecy that you do. And those that are sitting up and still, after they get that instruction and God gives you the understanding that you need to do more than prophesy, then you are being disobedient just like Sam was because you didn't really follow the format of what God gave from heaven. But I, I like this book because as I read this book, the Prophet's book, it's for prophets, apostles, it's for all of us, yes. okay? Uh, people say, well, I need an apostle book. Well, she has a lot of those too, but you better read it. <laughs> because the prophets are our uh, co-partners, and we work together and collaborate together. Therefore, you need to know what they're doing. But it's really interesting because in her book, all of what you just described within that book, yes. <laughs> you know, being able to understand you need to have some education. And I believe that Samuel and many others had education. And uh, also the fact that you were bringing out about the mantle, yes. understanding that that mantle needs to be where it's it's stronger, where it's able to be more durable. Um, years ago, I had a dream that I kept trying to clean off the mantle, the physical mantle of the fireplace, and the Lord just let me be opened up to see that that mantle – it cannot be with dust on it. You can't just think that you can get work done without it. Yeah. It's got a major part to do with what we do as prophets and
0: apostles.
1: So knowing that um, Samuel had to use that manual ma- yeah. mantle to go ahead and do what he had to do, and he couldn't say, oh, it's okay, Saul. So it's going <laughs> to be all right, man. We'll just keep praying in tongues till God gives yes. you an answer. <laughs> but he had to go ahead and use that boldness and Just straighten itself up and say, oh, no, 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 you're not getting away with this. Because he had answered to God for that. Yes. Samuel had to. So prophets have to answer to God when they are disobedient. So I, I like that part that uh, you brought out of regarding that. You know, people don't understand that you have to execute and verify. All of these are part of what we have to get trained as, as a, a prophet. But I could go on and on, but I like the topic of being able to get the uh, prophets to see it's more than just getting up and saying, thus says God. You know, there, there's times that our character— it's just what I call stinking,
0: right. you know,
1: and we want to get up and give a word, yes. but we can't speak to our neighbor. Uh, we try to um, do things like trying to, uh, what do you call it, um, you, you, you want to get where you just can jockey for your position. Mm-hmm. Prophets do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So all of these things are, are, are parts of, okay, you want to speak a word, but you don't even pay your tithe. Your character, all Mm -hmm. these things are brought out. And that book just opened me up to see, wow, I always wanted to just say, I got a word, I got a word. As I was growing through Mm -hmm. uh, learning how to live right, (laughs) you know, from prophecy, from prophet to apostle. But I realized that, oh, that word I had to give, I couldn't even speak to the pastor. I had to run out the door so I could get home and eat my roast beef and cornbread. You know, all these Mm -hmm. things that God was saying, be nice to the people. Let the people know you love them, but also learn how to get some knowledge. You, you know, you gonna, you want to go talk to the king over in um, England, but you have no knowledge of knowing how to speak to him. You have no understanding of legislation. You have no understanding of royalty. None of these things have been taught to you so that when you go before someone, you and, and, and you, when you go before someone, you're supposed to be able to know how to talk to them. But this last point that I really like that you just said was the fact that um, Samuel uh, that he tore his, you know, Saul tore Samuel's uh, garment. Well, I was thinking about that, and I said, oh, my goodness, that's a prophetic act. Mm-hmm. You know, we learn about prophetic acts. Mm-hmm. It's not always that you just have to say a word. Sometimes God will use an expression, and he'll bring a word out of that to really say that was a prophetic act. That was a prophetic uh, thing that was just happening. So I believe that that's a good scripture for everybody to meditate on. I really encourage you to go back and read First Samuel chapter 15, the whole chapter. Uh, I like that prophets like yourself, you break it all the way down, but you see yourself in mm-hmm. there. Oh, yeah. you, you all, as uh, being a part of New Era Apostleship and Dr. Paula Price, you've been trained. You don't let stuff just go by. You all speak it because you're like, uh-uh, I'm not getting in trouble for you. I love you, but this is the way I'm going to show you I love you.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, our mantles exist as prophetic, uh, as, as prophets, as prophetic types, as apostles, our mantles exist for the very purpose of making sure that what God needs and what he wants is fulfilled. We get lost <coughs> in that and have gotten lost in that in becoming Good. servants of the people and servants mm-hmm. of the will of the people. In the instance of 1 Samuel 15, Samuel understood what God needed to happen. Not He wasn't wrapped up in even the seeming, repentance of Saul, in the seeming sorrow that Saul seemingly had about making a mistake. In other words, he stayed on the side of what God needed done, regardless of what was in front of him or what was facing him. As prophetic people, what does God need to happen in this hour? You ask yourself as a prophet, what do I need to be doing and what is wrong with me just giving the word of the Lord? I guess the basis is where is that coming from? Where is that overflow of the word of the Lord coming from? And is that staying on task with what you need? Many times people will ask us, you know, Dr. Price is prophet. They don't seem to just overly prophesy or prophesy a whole lot. There's actually a lot going on. There's a lot to be done outside of just giving a personal word to someone or or just kind of overflowing and doing hours and hours of prophecy on Facebook Live. What does God need? Where is God at and where is his mind at? And where are you placed in that as his prophet? What part of that are you fulfilling? We're talking about Samuel running a nation with Saul, being in partnership with him, which is also why it grieved Samuel
0: too. Because
2: Samuel also had a role still, even though Saul Uh, was king. You know, people were coming to Samuel for the wisdom of God, the will of God. Not just, I need a word, I need the mind of God. And as prophets, I mean, we're bring, Let's welcome a Maude mod because she's come on the scene, guys. Um, as as prophets, you know, even a Maude, mod. I guess I'll throw this question to you. You know, how how do you think that we can get? more into that scope, because it is a question on a lot of people's minds, and people are seeking now, prophets are seeking now to be more weighty, obviously to have more depth and have more scope, but I guess why do you think it's important, and what what can we do to actually bring us into that place?
0: I think it's important, as you said, for uh, people to know the mind of God. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea. We exist. We exist to be a voice box of the Lord, His intention, His purpose, and His way And I think one of the ways that prophets in modern time need to really hone in is, do I know this God that I'm serving? What aspects of him have I uh, appreciated, and I go after that, but do I know the fullness of God? If I have difficulty bringing a hard word to someone, like you said, he didn't uh, uh, – Saul did not – Samuel did not sit in front of Saul and say, well, you seem like you're sorry. I've known you for a long time. I cried for you all last night. Yeah. Because the scripture talks about it, he really spent time with mm-hmm. the Lord saying, Lord, do something with it. He still was able to bring the word of the Lord because he understood his first job was to be for the king. Mm-hmm. So as prophets, we really have to say, do I know this Lord and do I really respect every part of him? Yeah. One thing about Dr. Price, she says, I tell the Lord he could just be himself with me. Mm-hmm. Whatever he wants, whatever he needs, I will give him that. That is one of the things I appreciate about her, and she trains each of us in whatever area we're meant, we're said to, to be that way. For yeah. me, when I'm dealing with souls, because as a therapeutic prophet, I'm going to go straight after your soul. If you're looking at me, telling me, you know, I've been doing this for years, I'm really sorry, but the Lord said, no, they lying. I'm going to tell you, you're lying. You're playing around.
2: And mm-hmm. yes.
0: some of that can be hard, because people think that we're hard in that yes. way, but the idea is, our job is to help you know what the will in the mind of God is so you'll be in communion with him. Yes, yeah, because without that, you can't come to him. Well,
2: that's, that's good. No, that's good. Prophet Tamir.
3: You know, I, what I appreciate, you know, what you're bringing out as well is the fact that Samuel knew he was a governmental official.
0: Yes. Um,
3: and, I, and I think you're speaking to that particular piece because it, we're not just prophesying. He wasn't just prophesying, but he stood in a literal office. Yes, And he was a government worker And I think a lot of times people miss that piece about Samuel And he was, guess what, he was on time to work (laughs) You know, he made sure that, number one, he was getting the word of the Lord from eternity Yes, But also he was still in collaboration with the king And he was literally over this nation And he had to deliver the truth and accuracy He had to do his studying time But he also was working You know, he was working. He was working for the king, but also he was working for Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of times we forget that particular piece. He didn't stay at home. He went to work. Yes. And he gave the word of the Lord. Yes, he gave the word of the Lord. But um, as we're looking at that, we also recognize he gave the word of the Lord because it was his job. Yes. And I think when we're dealing with prophets of today, because, like you said earlier, that we're dealing with modern day information and no yes. one wants to open up that Bible and understand who is the biblical predecessor that God is gathering yes. me in. after. You all That's have good. to ask that question. Well, who do I look like biblically? You know, and we were talking about it uh, the other night on the private Circle. Okay, yes, we do respect. You know, we respect Oral Roberts. We respect all of those people. And yeah, there may be similarities in your mantle, Yes. but before it can be them, it has to be the scripture offering mantle. Yes. your mantle has to show up in that Bible. And many of you all today, if we if we ask the prophets of today, who does God say that you are biblically? Yeah. you
0: can't <laughs> answer that
3: question. But you can tell us who your favorite preacher is. You can tell us who you're watching on TV is. You can tell us all the different network people that you love and you and you know you pray for. But you yeah. can't even identify yourself in the Bible. And that's the question we're posing today. Get back in the Bible. What is God and what is Jesus Christ saying about you biblically? Who who, are, who is your anointing after? Are you like Moses? Are you like Samuel? Are you like Elijah? Who does God say that you are biblically? And we have to bring back people back to
2: the Bible. Oh, absolutely. But well, what I love about what what you're saying about that is, so the the scriptures were to represent for us something that was not individual preference, but was a standard of an institution right. so that there could be a collective understanding of what God wanted and what he needed. What I love about Samuel, you know, even the uh, Isaiah, Daniel, the prophets that served those nations and understood kind of, they understood authority, they understood institution, they understood accountability and all those lines. What I love about that is that it was not about the individualized preference or the respect of the person they were dealing with, it was always about what God's reaction was, what his motivation was, and what his intention was. As I'm sitting down and counseling people as a prophet, I think that the hardest part of that job, the hardest part of that job is to ignore that person's emotional feeling and response and reaction to, and lie, you know, against what God is doing. Honestly, that's the hardest part of the job. And that's another aspect of the job that goes beyond prophesying. You know, people ask you, what, what do we do all day? I don't know, coach and counsel and mentor and train and help people understand where God is at in their life, you know. Um, but the hardest part of doing that job as a prophet, honestly, is to weed through that personal stuff that that person is giving me to weed through all of that, ignore the tears, you know how difficult that is, ignore Mm -hmm. someone's tears, to see through their sorrow, Mm -hmm. or to see through their stuff, to actually say, I know that you're saying you're sorry, but you're not actually sorry, and God is bringing me back to the point where you refused to really change this behavior, and that that is the reason why you're walking this out, and even as painful as it is, God's not going to change it, and he's not about to rescue you out of this situation, is actually going to make you walk about five more years in that.
0: Right. Mm, mm.
2: The most difficult piece of the prophetic is to be able to divorce yourself from those individualized things, which is why prophets were always institutional. You know, people ask that reason, you know, why, didn't, why weren't the prophets given as a gift to the people? Because you can't be both. You're either the gift to the people, I mean, they're a gift for God's people, yes, in general, but they existed to be a gift for the Lord. Okay, to be his special treasure in the earth so that everything that he wanted to say would be released. They are specially wired that way. I think that it takes a lot of perversion of the prophet's spirit to end up being a prophet for the people. I mean, like a lot like that's got to be a lot of perversion of your mantle type, like a mixture of that DNA, because prophets aren't wired that way. You know, how do you detect a true prophet? They don't care what you think. You know, they're not wrapped up in your opinion about things or or where you're at. You know, Mm -hmm. that true prophet Mm -hmm. has to be willing to see through your stuff. Why? To bring you the mind of God because a true prophet never gets off the mind of God, which is why you can have, you can be saying to a prophet, I need a word, I need a word, and that prophet's like, I ain't giving you no word, because God doesn't have anything to save you, you know, versus a prophet that is just, their, their only concern is speaking, 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 releasing, 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 see and say, see and say, see and say, beware of that person, run from that person, actually, because a true authentic prophet is probably a person of few words, they don't say a whole lot, But when they talk, it counts, and it matters because of what the time that they spend perfecting their knowledge of God, not perfecting prophecy, perfecting the mind of God, the will of Mm -hmm. God. And those things Mm -hmm. are different. You know, would you guys say that? There's a difference, you know, and and maybe we don't know what that difference is, y'all. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's the truth. Maybe it's that we're not sure what the difference is between, you know what I mean, just like prophecy, obviously, God's word about things, and the mind and the will of God. Can they be different? Is, is that possible?
3: Well, you know what I'm you're saying? a good point. You know, I used to say something that's profound not perfecting prophecy. Yes. And that's huge because I think a lot of times people are, you know, prophets are perfecting prophecy, but not perfecting their ability to hear from the mind and the intelligence yes. of yes. Oh, God.
2: Intelligence.
3: Jesus. And I think that that's the piece that is, you know, okay. missing and why we need prophetic education. Because through prophetic education, we get God's intelligence. Yes. You know, and that is that stringing force that we were talking about earlier, you know, where you're taking this new prophet. And this, you know, this person that's the gift, and they have all of these things that are happening. You know, they're having dreams, they're having visions, they're hearing voices, and being able to say, okay, okay, now let's bring this all together yes. because now God is starting to let you know that you're on the journey. Because a lot of times you have to yes. tell New prophets that no, no, you're not ready to take the nation yet, baby. <laughs> you're not even ready to take the stage at your church. But you're just, God is literally just pressing your soul and to let, you and awakening you mm-hmm. for yes. a long journey of service with him. And I think that's the piece, you know, and Dr. Price said, you know, prophets always say, God, when they pray, it's getting ready to happen now. The prophet is getting ready to happen now. Because you're missing, when you're missing God's intelligence means you're missing God's eternal wisdom. You're missing God's eternal knowledge. You're missing God's eternal revelation. Those are all Factors, major factors,
2: which the officer understands, but the gift does not. The gift does not. Well, because the question becomes: Does this office, does the wisdom, or does it just need guts? Because right now, I'm not sure that we really know. You know, we have take a gutsy person Mm. who's willing, and I mean, to get in front of the camera to to speak with confidence and to speak with boldness. Is it about wisdom Mm. and knowledge, or is it just about guts? and courage and confidence, and I, I can stand up, and I'm not afraid to speak it out, mm, you know. Mm-hmm. Is it about wisdom, or is it about what other things we've made it about, you know, um, uh, arrogance and attitude and, you know, all the, the wisdom of the prophetic gets lost in all those theatrics, you know, but the reality is that these <laughs> people, the, the people of God, the, the prophets of God, the men and women of God who stood in that office were in, extremely knowledgeable. We think Daniel was the only one that was smart. <laughs> these people <laughs> extremely knowledgeable about what it was listen knowledgeable about the things of yeah. god being able to cut through the stuff what was Saul saying to samuel mm-hmm. samuel what do you mean i obeyed it wasn't me the people hurt. they hurt they heard the sheep they wanted to, they did it and they only did it to sacrifice mm-hmm. anyway basically telling the prophet what is the big deal Prophets were to pull us off of preference and into the mind of God. You always have to recognize this. I'm speaking to my prophets, to all my people in the struggle. No, I'm kidding. The prophets, okay? <laughs> speaking to y'all today, the prophets existed to pull us out of our preference, our human kind of uh, nuances and all those different things that make us flesh, and they were to pull us into the mind and the heart of God. They had to be able to separate those bone and marrow issues. And to be honest, to tie it into today, that's what God needs of the prophets now. Yes. You know, I, I started off saying, you know, we need prophets. Dr. Price was talking about that. We need them in this hour. And I started thinking about why is it so important that we need this mantle in this hour? We're in a time, a very sensitive time as God's people, as his church right now, because there's so much preference flying around um, that we're more divided than we've been in in years past preference divides individualism divides that's the thing you know um, individualism can be a a positive thing in some senses where you learn independence and you learn how to be comfortable in your own skin but the reality is that prophets were to be there and apostles to teach us not how to be comfortable in our own skin but how to be comfortable in God's world and how to be able to function and to uh, process in the world of God. This is crucial. Prophets, we're missing the mark today because of this reason. We're missing the mark by thinking temporally, by getting caught up in the same kind of earthly affairs and earthly matters, getting caught up in whether or not the people around us are prospering or whether or not the people around us feel good about who we are. Mm. The role of the prophet, the role of the apostle, was to make sure that we fit in God's existence. It was to make sure that everything about us was comfortable to him, which is why they were oftentimes, think about it, unpopular. You know, we're afraid to be unpopular as the church right now, and it's costing us. It's costing our posture in heavenly places, Mm. which is why we're we're big and we're prospering, but we're powerless. You know, think about what the scripture says, Um, you know, having some form of godliness, yet no Power, mm-hmm. right? So we're struggling as yes. the nation of Jesus Christ right now in the in the in the power sense because people are misreading things. I think you know I was I was looking at the a different social feed about someone pointing out that there was a problem with something, and someone's response was, "If there was such a big problem with it, then why are people flocking to it?" Huh? And I thought, "Well, wow. you're you're part of the problem." Like that that perspective <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> the problem. You know, as if somehow we we now associate attendance with Righteousness, You know, that if, if there's a lot of people attending that it's righteous, listen, people are attending death concerts all the time, people are, okay? People are going to pagan concerts mm. in masses to die. People line up for a lot of foolish things. You know, that's not, there's no, there's no award, right. okay, for attendance hear me on this because people attend really ridiculous things in mass numbers. People do ridiculous things. How many, listen, and this is not to knock anybody specifically, but how many people are still smokers today, even with the reality that it's killing you Mm -hmm. literally every day. I recognize it's an addiction. You know, I I get that. But what I'm saying is how many people won't kick it and still won't kick it. Even though we're very aware of what it does to us now Mm -hmm. in the masses, do you know how big the smoking industry is? People are still doing it in the masses, even though they know that it's killing them. People will do things. People will jump on board with things that are killing them, that bring destruction. Good. So we are, we're clear on this, that the, the numbers don't necessarily mean that something's great. And I'm not saying that God wants his numbers small. I believe that God wants his churches to be right. full. But what I'm saying is that that can't be a barometer. We sure can't. We're missing it and missing certain marks. And prophets are missing it if you're jumping on board with that. P.I.T. Maude, what would you speak into that? Because I I just think that that's an interesting thing that we need to confront or, I guess, deal with. Sure. You talked about
0: um, that prophet being able to be someone that guides to God's mind. Yeah. A
2: lot of that happens
0: when that soul isn't right. Yeah. Because some of the things about a prophet is God walks you through a life. If you read the prophet's handbook, it tells you about the way God will train and form a prophet. And that happens early on even as a child. But some of that same rejection and pushback is what some prophets are dealing with right now. So instead of dealing with that as God has made your fortified wall, you now become someone that feeds off of the accolades, right. the acceptance, someone's desire. So yes. you're standing in front of someone and prophesying to them, instead of letting them know God's issue with them, you're promising them that husband or that wife they may want because of their soul. So you become more good. sensitive to the voice of affection yes. or your nostalgia when you're standing and prophesying to people. Then mm-hmm. what the actuality of soul issues are because you haven't allowed God to deal with your own soul issues. Yeah. So prophets have a hard time standing good. up and bucking okay. up because now you're like, "All my life I've been rejected. No mm-hmm. one's ever wanted me. Now I'm appreciated. My, I'm getting all the hits. Thousands mm-hmm. are following me. But
2: are they reproducing for the Lord?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a question. Cool.
2: What, what, what would you say, um, Apostle Sally, is your perspective on that from, I guess, from, from the apostles' perspective, just even on where we're at with uh, prophecy today, with the prophetic, and how we're doing it as prophets? On a, on a more massive scale, I know that there is a niche market of us as prophets that are doing our best to try to stay separated to try to stay consecrated. It's really difficult. You know, it's difficult, especially when everybody is saying that to distance yourself from cultural practice today is to be stiff, religious, legalistic, you know what I mean, you're crazy, you're holding on to things that don't matter. It's very difficult today as prophets to stay consecrated. I'm just going to be very transparent because I think that's something a lot of prophets deal with. It's very difficult. We don't want to go against the grain. I'm in a ministry where we ain't got no choice. It, okay, because this apostle's mantle in this year of ministry is for real. She's gonna let you know uh you know, a thousand miles away that that's something okay, <laughs> that something is going to compromise, all right, your integrity yeah. as a prophet. So yeah. I praise God for that. Yeah. I need that, but I'm 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 sensitive to the reality that a lot of prophets don't have that. Mm-hmm. So what would you say, you know, as an apostle as you're observing this?
1: Well, the word integrity right there. Yeah. That's what I can say because <laughs> Um, I I believe we're at that stage as apostles and prophets. And again, we're getting trained with integrity. So it just comes up out of us. Um, But for those that are really wanting to be true prophets and really want to be true apostles, that's going to have to be the key to even think about that. What is going on? I don't need to just have the numbers. I need to have the right heart Mm -hmm. and I need to do this thing right. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that I'm looking at people's lives and thinking, What's on the mind of God, and is this going to change them to make them greater, or am I going to hold back because I need my um, self looked at a certain mm-hmm. way by people so mm-hmm. that people won't quit paying me tithes or people won't quit coming around me or my numbers drop. We can't compromise mm-hmm. anymore. Mm-hmm. That integrity piece is the biggest piece that I see, that being able yeah. to
0: yeah.
1: – uh, love people but still tell them the truth no matter what, Mm -hmm. so help me God. That integrity piece being able to say my ministry's mark is more important to God than I know, so therefore I'm not going to allow my ministry to be taken down because I'm going to step over here and and play with this water over here for a while. Mm -hmm. It's no more straddling the fence for Mm -hmm. prophets and apostles. I believe that at the point where we stand right now, um, God's saying, well, somebody please stand up Mm -hmm. and be true. Will the true prophets, will the true apostles please stand up? Mm -hmm. And this time don't back down Mm -hmm. and don't say, well, I'm going to get it right in about four more years, but right now I've got to finish climbing to the top. No, because you're not going to get to the top. He's going to just knock you right off your heart and tell you, no, you're not going anywhere. So, again, I believe the integrity piece is the key that's the most important piece that God has going on right now as ministries, uh, as true prophets becoming those that are trying to rise up. You're going to have to go through something, and sometimes you're going to have to get a whipping. You're going to have to be right. disciplined. You're going to have to get back up on the horse and ride again. You're going to have to understand that everybody probably won't like you, but you're going to do like Samuel, and it's going to make people mad. So, you know, no matter what, mm-hmm. we cannot let that piece go. That integrity a uh, part of who we are I'm glad that I've been trained with it, Yeah, personally, because for me in my life, I mean, I've had to go through some things where I thought, it took me 20 years, right. you know, mm-hmm. but in the 20 years, I thought, but now I can stand, yeah. and yeah. now this whole work that is God's work, not my work, mm-hmm. can stand, yeah. and the peace that I've got now on my life has been something that I can say, but look where I came from. I didn't always have this, but I did learn from it. Mm -hmm. And that's where apostles have to take the the, um, attitude to stand with right now. Look where I am right now. I really had to decide, was it God or was it the enemy? Which way am I going to uh, make my decision? In which area am I going to live? Am I going to keep on playing with God or am I going to just say, that's enough? Because you know what? I tell God all the time, I said, I'm only here because of you. Mm -hmm. I I have to remember that all the time. (laughs) I'm only here yeah. because of you. Right. So, therefore, if I don't do this the way you want me to, just take me in a corner, put me in time out, do whatever you got to do. Yeah. But, God, don't let me go all this next five years of my life off course. So, if, if it means I need to get a whipping, and Dr. Price says it all the time, she said, I love y'all, but y'all can get the whipping, so just prepare, <laughs> you know. And we try to say, no, i am grown up, I've done it real good, but we, we mess up one more time. And then we have to swallow it and not jump ship and leave the ministry." But decide in our hearts, I want to obey yeah. God at all costs. That's I've good. got to do this thing. And he has leaders out there that he's using to help us to get that way. Well,
2: and you talked about that. Apostle Sally talked about that, the difference in, in having to be willing to be different. But And I think that with that, it's not just different for a different sake, like being different just to be contentious or just, you know what I mean? Because I think that that can happen, too. Because even, even as you're sitting watching today, we have a tendency in today's culture with everything being very very fast um and and convenient um at the at the touch of a button with everything that we're looking for a formula even to get it right with God too so it's like okay oh a formula all right so I I watched this video and they said you know that I need to be about more than prophesying okay good you know then then when when the next opportunity comes to prophesy I'm not going to prophesy I'm not going to give the word of the Lord because I need to be about more than prophesying but it's actually about becoming the having the nature of a prophet and taking the time okay to actually be because the thing is we can be different y'all for different sake we can be contentious to be contentious and we have words for that that's when people are just kind of very weird and very strange i mean i i've encountered people okay this way that they're so aloof and so distant and different that you're kind of like, right. I know, but I can't even take it to lunch anywhere. Like we can't, we can't even co-exist <laughs> <go laughs> together. Man of God, no. woman of God. Like at Jeez. some point, there's got to be a, a strain of normalcy. There's something, you know, where we can connect yeah. <laughs> with people. So it's not just about being so weird and so, you know, what I mean? and so strange. Because if we don't get the heart of what made these people prophets. Right. Right, And Mm. it was the uniqueness of their allegiance to God. Mm -hmm. I want you guys to think about Daniel for just a moment because I was thinking about that as Apostle Sally was speaking. Um, You know, Daniel, he had one allegiance, right? His allegiance was to God. He lived in the world, worked in the world clearly he did. You know, I mean these kings called on Daniel at the drop of a hat. Daniel, we need this. We need interpretation for this. You know, the 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 small instances that we see of it in scripture. I can imagine were not the totality of his right. job every single day. You know, this this man was called upon, he was heavily needed by the administrations that he worked for. Yet because of his genuine and authentic allegiance to God and relationship to God as a prophet his differences meant something you know his differences were covered by the protection of God his differences put him in really dangerous situations you know but his difference had a meaning it had a purpose hmm. he went to go pray not just so that it could be said about him well Daniel went and prayed even when they didn't want him to Daniel went and prayed because that's what he did every day right
0: Come on. what
2: happened with Daniel was that he didn't necessarily do something extraordinary. It was that he was willing not to break his routine with God no matter what. Mm. That's very important. Do you see what I'm saying? So, that's the difference between like modern prophetics would lean towards a lot of showboating. You know what I mean? So, it's doing things, it's still doing things for the wrong reasons. It's doing things so that people will say of you that you're different or that people will say of you that you're called apart. Daniel just did what came naturally for him to do and he refused to break communion with God for some law. So he goes to jail for something he did all the time. He just felt that it was important that he shouldn't break it because the king said so. His allegiance to God was normalcy for Daniel. I think that God is trying to get us to that place. Why we're having conversations like we're having right now, why there's such things as prophetic education, which I really want to talk about uh, some more mm-hmm. today because I want to give you guys some understanding of, of the route to getting there. But what we have to get now in the season is in a world of a lot of posing Fakery. I mean, literal posing. You know, we're in a society now where people are paid to tell you they live a life they don't live.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I just want. Let's just get really real on this broadcast right now. Understand this. Instagram. The the whole concept of Instagram is that people are paid by advertisers to make you believe that they live a life that they don't actually live. I mean, what we just we I just read the story about the woman who went into like thirty five thousand dollars of debt for all of her Instagram photos for the traveling literally traveling just to take a photo to make you think that she was there. And then moving on to another bank. Are y'all hearing me? Mm. So in, in a, a society where it is becoming more and more the norm to see stage a real life, then it can be difficult to be real and authentic, even, and I guess I'm really speaking to that younger generation of prophets, too, because this is your world, you know, um, and I recognize that, you know, my millennial prophets, I'm reaching out to you, I love you, we have to learn how to actually be prophets, not pose in the prophetic, posing as prophets, posing as deep people, no, like It has to actually be a genuine connection that we've forged. The reason we don't want to do it, it takes time, quite honestly. Dr. Price said Mm -hmm. this uh, several weeks back when I asked her about, you know, what was God's major issue with a lot of modern ministers. Uh, Her words then were, they don't take the time to actually know me and do this job correctly. We do what we can to stage it just right so that people believe that's who we are versus becoming. Mm-hmm. So what is God charging us as young prophets, millennial prophets? What is he charging us with to actually be prophets? Hey.
3: <laughs> wow. Well, I think that's good because what you're speaking to, and even what Apostle Sally was saying, is that what this generation is lacking uh, is prophetic identity. Yes, you know, we, we, we have no identity. We don't know okay. who we are to okay. mm-hmm. Christ. We don't know who we are. You know, like I was saying earlier, what does God say you are? Come on. And when you lack identity in a world of social media, you know, you literally look on Instagram, you look yes. on Snapchat, as we're talking to this generation, and Facebook, and you just pat yourself after what you are seeing. Yes. Because I think this generation, they're facing so many issues because they can look at that. Every day, you know, they can look instead of you know being opening up this Bible every day. What, is, what do most people do every day as soon as they wake up? They're their smartphones. <laughs> people don't can't sleep at night, <laughs> they're on the smart smartphone, phone. and they're what not exactly yeah. they're not the And so, what we're developing is a culture of this, you know, the millennials and you know, and the older generation of their their ministry and their soul and and their mantle being shaped by social external things yes but not their soul and their spirit and their mind being shaped by the Lord Jesus Christ no, that's good. so now we are having generational prophetics. Where this Ooh. the prophetic or literally to this generation. This is what God is saying because I saw the prophet prophesy there. This is what I know God is saying because this one said this on Instagram. A prophet said it on Instagram, a prophet yes. said it on Snapchat, a prophet said it, you know, on <laughs> Facebook, a prophet said it on Twitter. Five five different ways. So we know they hit the whole five four. So that's the word of the Lord. <laughs>
1: yes.
3: But nobody's been able to say, But I came out of my prayer closet. And the Lord spoke to me. You know, I was writing in my journal and I verified that, see, this is why we need the apostles and prophets. I went to get the verification from the chief apostles. I went to get the verification from the chief prophet. I went to take this information to the company of prophetic and prophetic Mm people. See, we're missing, this is why we need the prophetic company. This is why we need, right now, prophetic app because we're not going to the prophet. Mm. We're going to social media. Mm.
0: Mm -mm. So we're getting culture-crafted prophets. Exactly. Uh, (laughs) <laughs> <is really> <laughs> exactly. I hope you can hear me. I have a little cold, but culture crafted Yeah. So they'll dress like culture, minister like culture, and live like culture. And now we think that's the mark. That's mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. So when the true prophetic comes, that's just too harsh. Mm-hmm. That's not my God. Yeah. He loves me too much. That's to right. Exactly. Back. So we have to come out of that culture crafted
2: mm-hmm. and get back in the smart book. Absolutely. Exactly. the the drunkenness of all of our uh, Christian doctrines, Uh, prophets have to be able to see through all of that apostles Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, This is what I love about these two mantles. I've been bringing that out a lot when we've been doing Sunday school, adult Sunday school on, on Sunday morning, just the reasons for that shifting and the reasons why God is shaking us as prophetic people, as apostolic people in this hour to say, this is what I actually need. You know, he's trying to shake through, shake us through the noise shake us out of the noise of just kind of cultural Christian beliefs. You can be really lulled to sleep by it. I've brought this up before, but like a lot of our worship, um, what becomes mainstream worship can help you understand what the mainstream ideas are and what the mainstream thought process is of a lot of the people of God right now. And a lot of it is that the only thing that God is concerned about is, um, are loving him and him, him loving us in return. Right. Um, those It's just a lot. It's a lot of the themes of how we're connecting with God is through accepting his love, his forgiveness, and his understanding, which lets you know, prophets, hear me, wake up, and lets you know that a lot of people in the body of Christ are dealing with sin, rebellion, distance from God, See, we have to be able to see through that stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't listen to that stuff and see all of those concerts and the massive amount mm-hmm. of, of the body of Christ flocking to those types of messages. Listen mm-hmm. to me. The mainstream messages of millennial Christianity is how God is so okay with your failure, um, mm-hmm. how much he just really wants you to not live in your failure and keep moving forward, all sorts of things. Listen to that. What is it telling you about the state of the body mm-hmm. that it is sick That a lot of Christians have failed God morally. Righteously in their lives That many Christians are estranged from God And Mm. cannot hear God In this hour that many young People have walked away from living For God and are looking for Some kind of way to make those decisions Okay so they're flocking to ministries Where from the pulpit it's told them Time and time again God is not Expecting you to measure up to any kind of Standard whatsoever from what they Speak to how they dress God Doesn't do standards whatsoever Listen to the rhetoric and you'll understand Understand. And this is what I'm talking about, about prophets and what we need to actually be doing. It's our job to read between the lines. It's our job to interpret things that are going on correctly. So instead of us joining on the bandwagon and saying, wow, God must just be about that right now. It's wow. How, whoa, how many people are feeling God right now? Because every, every time you turn around, we're excusing it and trying to find a reason to know our pain about it. Right. And feel better about it. Hmm. So instead of jumping on the bandwagon, that true prophetic voice has to come out and say, Uh, hold on, hold on. We have a problem.
0: Wow.
2: Issue. Right. You know, and those are the types of things as prophetic people that we have to be thinking about in this hour. As a prophet, you've got to ask yourself, has has the word of God truly visited me? And what I mean by that is has God touched yes. my mouth? Yes. Come on. Before I speak into this issue. Has God touched my mouth? And has the word of God truly come to me? Not the, the intuition of that person's situation or the interpretation of their face because they look like they're crying. Has the word of God touched my mouth? In Jeremiah's instance, he says to Jeremiah in 1-9, Jeremiah, I think it's a, Jeremiah chapter 1, a powerful prophetic text about understanding how God consecrates prophets, how he sanctifies them, how he calls them. He says to Jeremiah, be not afraid of their faces in verse 8, but verse 9 is what I want to get to. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. So in other words, our, even our ability to prophesy, so to speak, since that's the only aspect we truly understand, Even that authorization has to come directly from the throne of heaven. Hmm. In other words, in order for you to speak, there has to be that visitation from God into your spirit where he places the word that you will speak. In this instance with Jeremiah, it wasn't just one word, you guys. It was the literal mandate that he would have throughout his entire prophetic ministry. Mm. God then stopped Jeremiah with his reason for being, his very existence, and everything that would come out of his mouth, which is why when you look through the book of Jeremiah, he is very consistent in his message. Why? Because God says, I will set you up to root them up to tear them down, to build them up, to destroy. So he gives him in that moment not just a prophetic word for that specific age or era or person, but he's saying you will relay this as my mind for the entire duration of your prophetic ministry. This is so important that we connect with this, that we understand as prophets what God is actually needing of us and what he is doing. If we can get there, we won't be caught up in just what we're looking at. As prophetic people, I think it's an indictment against us if we are looking at the, 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 the I guess not the signs of the time but if we're looking at what's happening and just deeming that must be what God is doing and I'm going to go with that. Mm. I'm going to go with the stream of what's happening. Does that make sense? Because the very definition of, of, of being that prophet was it was being called out to give the mind of God which we see in the scriptures where he says I don't think like you think. I'm not how you are. How you guys do things I don't do things. What? The entire, Jesus' entire ministry was filled with that. How you guys do things, I don't do them like that. I don't think like that. I don't talk like that. And that prophet was existed to bring us where, where God actually was and how he does talk right. and speak. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I hope that this is connecting with some of you guys today because education, man, it is the key to bringing you mm-hmm. out of, of uh, basically foolishness, but it also is the, it, it's one of the keys that's going to bring us out of just pleasing God. Mm-hmm. We can come out. Listen, we can come out if we get off the the alcohol and the wine of Christian doctrines and cultural Christianity, and we sober up and find out what God actually needs. We stop being so drunk all the time. I mean, we okay with being drunk as Christians. I'm not talking about Beer. I'm talking about being drunk on this nonsense. We're totally fine with being wasted. We need to get up. We need to be sober. Stop being wasted in the overwhelming, reckless love of God and get up and wake up and sober up. To actually see what well hold on, but what is it that God needs of us in this hour? Mm-hmm. How can we bring that forward as prophets? If we can do that, we can actually go some places in God. Are y'all I mean
3: well, how, do we do that, <laughs> 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 how are prophets of today supposed to do that? What does sobriety look like yeah. for this generation? Because I know, you know, especially when we're talking to younger prophets and Every external thing is literally calling them every day. How are they supposed to get on a regiment Mm -hmm. of uh, sobriety?
2: Well, I I think that one of the first ways is if you're not rooted and grounded in some kind of prophetic either company, if you're already a prophet and you've been trained, um, then get training. And In other words, you need to be connected to something that is training and exercising your discernment abilities, your interpretation abilities. Most prophets have very little interpretation skills and faculties, so they're not even able to interpret what would be cultural versus what is righteous and sanctified. That can be very difficult. Some prophets are moving in things that are wicked, that are evil, that are condemned by God, and calling it good, which the Bible speaks to as uh, heresy. Okay? But, hallelujah, moving in those kind of heretical things, not even realizing, blaspheming right. the Holy Spirit, not even knowing that they're doing that. Um, but I think that if you're not connected as a, a prophet, if, if you're not connected as a prophet who's already established, like we're in a prophetic company. Like I, in other words, I already went to school, but now I'm in a company of prophets where well, what do we do? bounce the words off, Mm -hmm. talk about cultural things, talk about the elections and what's happening. We talk about what's going on around the world. We talk about the different waves that are coming into the body of Christ and what is God saying about those different things. If you're established being a company, if you're not, you need to get training. Mm -hmm. That means that you're going to have to seek out education. Why? Again, not because we need to teach you how to speak out of your mouth. Hopefully you will know, okay, because we are not about to train like two-year-olds, okay? So you will hopefully Mm -hmm. know how to talk but it's that you would be able to sharpen your discernment faculties and abilities. You have to be honest. Hey, she said, how? Start with honesty. What do I know versus what I don't know? Chief Profitoli right. used to always say, you don't know what you don't know. Cause we would all on the reason I'll tell you where that came from. Because the reality is in our line of work, in my line of work doing assessments, I don't know if y'all know how difficult that is. When I get on the phone calls, I take a very deep breath. Why? Because I recognize that people don't like to be assessed at their core. Mm-hmm. And it can be a very difficult job to tell someone that there's work to be done. Mm-hmm. I, re- I will get that rare person during an assessment mm-hmm. that's like, oh, you know, bless God, woman of God, I knew right. I needed this. I knew. Right. Most of the time I get shielded up, um, you know, hey, hi, this is Dr. Adina Pearson. How are you doing today? I'm good. Hey, you know, so we're about to go through your assessment. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, Lord. And I know I can always tell from the other side of the line when I get, you know, a wall, like, please don't touch me. Please don't criticize me. Please don't tell me that there's anything. Are y'all hearing me? So the first step is that you've got to be honest that there might be things that you don't know you don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. there might be things about God that you don't know you don't know. Mm-hmm. So you're walking around and you're thinking that you have the totality and the understanding of God's world. And it might have not crossed your mind that there's yeah. aspects of his world that you don't know about. Right. And that there That's might be things that um you weren't exposed to, right. you know, so that the training comes in by you admitting, okay. There might be something about God's institution that I'm not aware of and that I need greater understanding of in order to represent him in this way. Do you all hear me? That is that difference. If you just listen, if you just want to be a prophesier, which – Which is difficult, by the way, because if the Spirit of God isn't moving on you in that moment, you either have to stop or lie, because this is what we get, okay? You either have to stop talking and not broadcast yourself on social media, or you just have to outright lie and prophesy from your own heart. So it can actually be more difficult to be just in the realm of a prophesier, which we do have people who do that. But but the way that I've seen prophesiers work in the Bible was that the Spirit of God was flowing and they prophesied. Okay, not that that was a career. So listen to me. Listen to uh, me today. Prophesying is not a career. The prophet is a career, but the function of prophesying should not be your career choice. Right. That's not how that works, right. okay? Because at some point, uh, some lying is going to be happening, some prophet lying, as Dr. Price says it, okay? Cool. It's going to be happening. Come on. Because this is not how it works. Mm-hmm. Prophets prop, literally prophesy by their mentals because of the way that the word of Lord, the Lord floods through their veins. See, it's different. It's, it's, it's different you know yes. the eternal backing the eternal backing and their audience with God and remember prophets proper were vessels for the Lord's visitation and for God to inhabit them that they might speak and release mm-hmm. what he was saying you know how how else did they get to the place where uh, Daniel was able to prophesy different eras of kingdoms by proper name description mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. you know and we've listened but look at Daniel's life How was he able to prophesy that accurately to the point? Look at Isaiah's life, what he submitted himself to. How was he able to get to that level? So she she asked the question about how the training is going to have to happen. And whether that is in a a proper prophetic school or whether you're doing some kind of prophetic treatment plan. But listen, you're going to have to tap into the knowledge of your office, the knowledge of your institution. Mm -hmm. Listen, prophets, this isn't going to happen by zeal. It's not going to happen by just straight up, I'm charismatic about what God is doing, I'm excited about what God is doing, and hey, woman of God, I'm a willing vessel. Well, that's, that's great, and that's a start but what's going into the willing vessel and what are you pouring into your willing vessel? Mm -hmm. You can be a willing vessel, but if you're going to just rest on what you've always done, you're not going to be able to get to the level, the dimension that God wants you in or that he has for you. You're going to have to literally go to a source that's above where you are to pour into you, to get you to that place. This is a concept of business. I don't, I don't get the confusion about it. Help me. Is this not corporate? Is this not how things are done?
0: Yes, it is. But we are taught. In the church, when it comes to prophecy, just do what you feel. Right. Yeah. Just do what comes to your mind. Just pull it out and put it out. Mm-hmm. You yeah. Not recognize, even if you are looking for education, make sure it is God-based, scripture-based, mm-hmm. and not dark arts. Because mm-hmm. many have gone that way to be educated. Right. And when you can't tap into God, you're going to tap into another spirit to produce yes. what you're giving the people. But again, look at the fruit. Mm-hmm. If it takes mm-hmm. people closer to the world, closer to being against God, then the fruit of that is dark. Yes, right. If it takes them closer to God and what God wants to reproduce, then we're looking at this is based in Scripture. No, No, always know your word because we, we say that again. People prophesy yes, in Lord, ministry, the Bible, but never in the word. That's something will never stop telling you. That's if no. you
1: don't have, go ahead. You know also that uh,
0: sometimes <laughs> you are, <laughs> you are
1: <a> hot, girl. <laughs>
2: Sometimes Lord. we
1: sit around and we think about the fact that, um, you know, I want to say what I need to say, and God's looking at us and going, is that going to make me look good or bad? I mean, he really does know? check us out in our spirit to say, that, that is a very uneducated way of saying that, or that was a spirit of ignorance to just came out of your mouth, or, you know, you didn't get any training at all when you went to school. What school did you go to? I mean, those are the questions I think God... I believe God pulls back toward us mm-hmm. we, we can be very uneducated And make him look bad. Mm-hmm. And prophets that are trained correctly Apostles that are trained correctly Our goal should be how is he looking today? Uh, did we give it give everybody the mind of God or did we give them what we wanted them to hear that they could have a new car? I don't think that was his mind. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> did we check it out real good. So that, I think that's what we have I to stand. That. What's going on? What's going on when we do give those words? What's really going on to make him look good? How ignorance can come out of a person's mouth mm-hmm. is like, oh, my gosh and think that you just gave God a, a $0.10 cent raise or something, and you made him look bad. <laughs> you
2: know, <laughs> so. Well, you know, a lot of people, uh, I, I want to maybe let's toss this around for just uh, just a moment because of just some of the things that I that get addressed in the, the sessions that I have with people who are truly trying to figure this out. One of the things that people say a lot, especially prophetic uh, type, will say, well, I – I am spending a ton of time in prayer. Like right. I'm, I'm, I'm with God like every day. Like I'm always in prayer when we've got, I'm always in my Bible. I mean, like I, what is wrong with that kind of thing? Mm. And, and why, why can't I just do that to better myself and to improve myself? I want P.S. Prophet Tamir and I'll be Prophet Tamir to speak on that for just a moment because that is what we hear a lot. And I think that that might be running through maybe some of your minds as well, like mm-hmm. just in terms, and it's, a valid question, but I want to address it and talk about it because why isn't that enough?
3: Well, honestly, it goes back to something you talked about in Sunday school on Sunday, and that is ritual versus conversion. Okay. And I think that, you know, a lot of times we don't recognize the way that we've been raised, you know, it's not necessarily you, the person. But we have to go back to that foundation. And you have to ask yourself, how was my foundation laid? You know, because a lot of times when, you know, they're in assessment and, you know, they're being assessed by a prophet or, you know, you have, you know, like a chief prophet or a chief apostle talk to you, you get defensive because you think that they are addressing you, the individual, you, the person. No, they're just really trying to talk to you from the perspective of where your spirit is, you know, and where your soul is. So this is where your soul is and your spirit is. Okay, you were raised evangelical. Or maybe you wasn't raised in Christianity at all. Or maybe you were raised in the Catholic Church. You know, there are just so many ways we were raised as kids. So that's the first thing first wherever your root system starts, that's where God has to start with you. You know, a lot of times we want to start at level 10, but God's like, you will get there eventually. This is where you are today. So doing rituals, you know, reading the Bible, everything, yes, that's a great thing because we must do our devotion. We must do the reading of the word. We must do the, you know, the praise and the worship. All of those things are great. But God, when he literally says that he's awakening your soul, He's not going after ritual. That was great that you attend service. You go to Sunday. Because many of you are like, well, yes, I go to church. I'm not one of those people that stay at home. You know, Mm bedtime baptism is not what you do. (laughs) You get up and you go to Sunday school. You get up and you go to Wednesday service. So that's not your issue. But what we're speaking to is that when God decides to point you out and to say to you, now you're beginning the journey of being now my officer. So before, I think one of the biggest things uh, Prophet did, they're not recognizing that God was dealing with them as the gift, okay. as the prophesied.
0: Mm-hmm. And that
3: was great. But when he's now saying, I want to elevate you, because what you don't recognize is this is also a promotion. Yes. You know, when God came to Samuel and he started speaking to him, it wasn't just him speaking to him because he was fed up and wanted to, you know, judge Eli. He was now being promoted mm-hmm. by the Lord Jesus Christ. So when you are going through these critiques by an apostle or a senior officer, it's because you're also being promoted by the Lord Jesus okay. Christ. And he's now saying to you, no longer do I want your ritual efforts. I'm now coming to you to promote you, to convert you, because I want to use you. Oh, absolutely. I, so now this is the beginning. You are now entering. What what happens with the military? You know, when they, it's they, fighting, You know, whether you decide that you're going to be in the Army or the Navy or the Air Force, You know, you have a great ceremony. Your family shows up. It's a great event. Yay, yay, yay. What happens next? Boot camp. (laughs) (laughs) You know, accolades. We dress up. You know, everybody shows up. You have a good, you know, commencement speech. But what happens next? The work starts. You go back to the floor. You go back to the ground. And God begins to build you up to become his officer.
1: So a lot of prophets are in boot camp.
2: And, and don't realize that that's what it is. But you, you're saying something. I hope you all are hearing this because the reality is, okay, why do people pay for people to review their work? Because that is essentially what the education system is, especially like higher education. I know right. that in the public school system that public education is essentially free, but it's even not free because the taxpayers are paying for that. Mm. But when you do higher education, why do you pay to have someone review your work. Because right. I can, in other words, I can go into the bookstore, I can go into the, the library, and I can train myself on things, right? So I, okay, I'll i give you an example. I, one, uh, after leaving ORU, I had one of my Spanish workbooks from a course I had taken. And it gives me exercises mm-hmm. and everything. And to help me, like, keep brushed up at, or in my early post-college years, I would, like, do those workbooks and everything. But there came a moment where I recognized that I had no idea if it was right or not. No clue. Because there's no one testing the work, right? So I'm doing it, and I'm like, seems right to me. Like, it seems like what I remember from college seems good. No one's reviewing that. No authority was telling me it was right or wrong. So I'm just kind of, like, going by my own instincts. Now, just think about that for just a moment. I'm using my Spanish workbook. Could I go get a job? As a Spanish translator on my own side with no review, no authority on the subject, reviewing whether I was right or wrong. No, I don't have anything to judge by. I can't go get a fashion that way. I can't go get paid on that. Now I can enhance myself and feel good about myself. I can even encourage myself. But I can't go stand in an official position unless what I learned was authorized, unless what people pay for people to review their learning process. Why? Not because it feels good to be reviewed, because they understand that unless it's authorized by some kind of degree, credential, then no one has to pay them for that experience. The reason why your Bible study and your personal Bible study is not enough it depends on the destination and the goal, okay? Because if you just want to stand on street corners like peddlers and say, Jesus is coming soon, and this is, okay, then, then, then sweetheart, you stay, just stay in your Bible study. Like, just, just stay interceding, praying, reading your Bible at home, go find the nearest street corner that's not taken up by some other panhandler, and go for broke. But if you want to actually have a job in God's prophetic institution where there is some kind of authorization behind what you're saying, listen, and that it is going to be backed up by the agents of heaven. Because remember, if you are truly called to be a prophet, then you recognize that everything is unseen, that there is some kind of unseen power from God that then goes behind your words and that you have a bona fide spot. Right. a place of credibility right. not just to receive money but to have authority yeah. that the word that you speak you speak out of your mouth is going to happen it's yes. going to come to pass in someone's life that there's going to be listen the words that we speak have to be powered by god yes. so that means that an agent listen it's not ethereal to god an agent has to come and fulfill that word do you hear me so it's not just like it's like, for us it's ethereal because our eyes have not been opened enough to see the world of the invisible But to God, he's like, uh, but I have to assign somebody to that. You understand? Like in my world, I have, that means I have to assign a principality to carry out that word. You go to the training, you go to be reviewed by authorities in the subject. We recognize this with, with the secular world. So here's what it is, guys. It's about being mature enough to translate that and say, I actually do believe in this. Let's be honest. Let's, let's. I love the Paula Price Show. Let's bring back the veils. Let's be honest. You do believe in it. What you have to start doing is believing that God's worthy of it, too. The the Mm -hmm. same stretch, okay, the thousands upon thousands of dollars that you put into your children's education. Mm -hmm. For some of you who are mature, grown, have children, how much money did you spend on their education? How much money did they spend on their education trying to do what you wanted them to do, go to school, be somebody? How much did they invest even of their own time and money? So you have to think about it. I do agree with this. I just now have to agree that God is worthy of it.
0: Mm. The
2: training is not because you can't read your Bible on your own. It's that you need an authority to authenticate what you read. People of God, Mm. hear me, that what you read and how you're interpreting it is correct. And you're going to have to trust. You're going to have to trust. The same way, and why why am I asking you this? Because I, I, I went to ORU. I had to trust that the professors that they put over me, they vetted on some level that the professor that was teaching me English comp knew English. Okay. (laughs) That the professor that was (laughs) teaching me about world history had proven themselves Mm -hmm. on some level that my, my bio chem teacher and my physics teacher had some kind of credential behind their name to teach me physics. I mean, as we're going through the process, they seemed to know the answers. So I had to trust that they knew more than I did in order to guide me along the way. Mm In no other realm do we feel that education is to make us stupid than in God. I don't get it, but it's the only world where we feel as though if we subject ourselves to education that we're somehow admitting we don't know something. Uh, That's kind of the point. And in every other world, it's fine. The point of college or higher education is to admit that there's a, there's a part of the world that you want to break into that you don't know, yet somehow in God it's odd, it's weird, it makes us feel uncomfortable, and we don't want anyone telling us we don't know anything. We have to break that. We have a charge to break that, and I believe. Amen. That so the people who watch this fine program, that you all are a part of the community right. who mm-hmm. believes differently mm-hmm. and want to break that. Yes. Timothy, you're a professor. What speak into that because you teach people now, um, and and maybe speak into what do you think that is all about that we have such a hesitation about it.
0: Well, I throw something at you yes, please.
2: <laughs> yes. Yeah. But I'm looking at First John 2 and 20 that says, but you have an unction
0: from the Holy One, and you know all things. So why should I be taught? Why should I come to you when I've got the same Holy Ghost you have that's going to guide me and tell me <laughs> I've been spending
2: time with it? I've
0: That's my lifestyle. With you. yeah, Why should I come to you for that?
2: Well, you should come to me for that if you want to be trusted with actual people to exercise it on. Because any anybody who's going to be trusted with the public has to be vetted. Um, this is just what we believe about things, you know. You know what I'm saying? So you come, you would come to a teacher, which in this case I'll represent the teacher. But why? Because let's take it out. Of, let's take it out of the realm of the spiritual for just a moment. Why would you subject yourself to any kind of teaching training period? It's so that you can be deemed safe to deal with the public. Period. Mm -hmm. So if you, and Dr. Price, this is not even my original thought. I'm, I'm, I'm giving you guys this thought from what I've learned from what's been taught to me. Dr. Price laid down the principle that any public position has to be vetted. You have to have deemed yourself worthy of touching the public, worthy of touching people's lives. Otherwise, stay at home and practice on your stuffed animals, because that's what we would tell people (laughs) if they were practicing medicine without a license. Go practice on your dolls, not human beings, where you have an, an impact on their life. And if you don't think that prophesying to people and having that kind of prophetic responsibility has an impact on people's souls, you don't belong in that seat, then you don't understand it. Because there's an accountability to dealing with the souls of men and women. I'm responsible for every word that comes out of my mouth. If I'm on the phone with someone and I prophesize them to something that's whack and crazy, I'm responsible for what it did to their soul yes. and what it did to their mind and what decision they made based Ooh, on something I said. Oh it's important. And why do I put up with that? <laughs> <I'm still kidding. laughs>
0: why do you put
2: up with that? Why would I put up with that kind of pressure and weight? Because that's what my education equipped me to do. Mm. The education made me strong enough to put up with the weight of being accountable for someone's life and their actions and what they do with what I say. I can stand and say, I'm willing to take the risk. Because my education equipped me to be strong enough. I have something to fall back on. All my keyword studies, praise God, for those who are Price University studies, all those TSSs that you cried at night and hate to do. It's those very topical scripture studies that make me confident standing in adult Sunday school day or before you today to say this is what God meant by what he said. And to be confident, what I'm saying is coming from a real place. Practice. Because in anything else, the practice is what brings the proving. It's what helps you to be confident. It's the practice. So you subject yourself to a teacher or a teaching program so that you have a place where you can practice, and that practice is proven. And the, the results that you produce are then proven what? By a standard. Listen, hear me on this. If you are a parent out there, and you are questioning whether or not spiritual education is important, pull your kid out of school. Mm. Pull them out of school today. And don't homeschool them either. Expect them to figure it out on their own, from their own resources. In fact, try this one for size. Send them into the prayer closet and hope to God they learn English and math and arithmetic and everything else, and that they can be be educated communicators, and they can have flowery words. Mm. Pull them out of school this instant and see how it works. Go
3: let them fill out an application for a job because they're ready for their profession. and That's what we're talking about. With no
2: background. No background. Come on now, guys. <laughs> we don't believe this. So you have to shake it. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake it off. Shake all that cultural garbage off about whether or not you need to submit to any kind of schooling in order to be a prophet of God, in order to be an officer of God, an apostle of God, anything for God, period. Shake it off. And then go read your Bible, because Samuel had a school. And these prophets, they traveled together mm-hmm. in communities of prophets, and they trained together. How did Daniel become so educated exactly? Because it said that he was Extremely educated. Mm. How? He, you think he taught himself? Come on now. Education hasn't happened that way ever. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So what I say, what I say is this: If you're going to believe it, don't be a hypocrite. Live out your belief to the fullest. Don't send your kids to school. Don't don't be a proponent of education in any other realm because if it's not good in God, it's not good anywhere. Mm. Hmm. Education equips us. Come on, people of God. Education prepares us. And while we're on that, let's talk about Price University because – we're doing something extraordinary. Um, our student body at Price University is growing. It's increasing. Every semester we're pulling in more students who say, I recognize the value of prophetic education. I recognize the value of apostolic education, and I want to be equipped to do my job as God's future prophet, as God's future apostle. And, of course, we have something for all of the other fivefold officers, too. We're getting more teachers to come on board, kingdom teachers. First of all, I have to give a shout-out to teachers for just accepting that that's who you are because, you know, that's hard. The, the, The teacher is that hard one where people get teacher on their assessment and they're like, oh, what am I supposed to do with this, you know? Um, But we're getting more kingdom teachers who are saying, I want to be educated, what, in the Bible, and biblical concepts and principles so I can make sure what I'm teaching is accurate, you know, all the different things. And we're getting a lot more students that are coming through semester after semester saying, I need this and I see the value. So I want to talk maybe a little bit about that, just a little bit about what God's doing with PriceU and how you can get involved. First of all, the website is PriceUniversity.org. That's first. You need to know that. And begin your application process to the school. We have self-study classes um, that are coming up. We have another round of self-study that's coming up on February 18th where you can get involved in four-week classes so that you can get your feet wet Mm. just a little bit. Strategic prayer, prophetic guardianship, time to control your mind. We're going to be bringing on healing and deliverance February 18th as well and bring on a few different and new ones um, so that you can get involved. But we have whole programs, I'm going to have uh, Prophet Tamira share with you a little bit about the program for profits, the credentialing program. Why would a profit want to go through our credentialing profit uh, program to give them credentials to, be, uh, to operate as a profit? I think it goes back to
1: what, you know,
3: we've been discussing, you know, for almost the last two hours, and that is you need to be vetted, you know, and many people, many of you all that are even watching today. You went to school, you went to a university, you got your education, and you're proud of your diploma. You know, you put them up on your walls. And when you go to fill out your application, because you can say, I went to this university, I went to this college, guess what? The job that you're going after, they want you because you have a backing There is an institution that backs you, and so when we're talking about going through the credentialing program at Price University, you get that backing. You know, because yes. not only, you know, we're, we talked a lot about that eternal backing, but also you do need that earthly backing. And so that earthly backing for prophets is the ability to say that I went to a university, I can become an apostle, I can become a prophet, and have that institution say, but I am qualified to do this. These are my job descriptions. This is what I know. Now, we can't just say that you are out in the wilderness and we're going to send you out. And even many of you all who will, you know, we say go to the nations, but, you you know, eventually go and do different things, you know, around the world, you have a literal institution in the earth that can say that you are qualified to do the job. Because that's what this is all about, being able to say, but there is an institution that backs you that says I am qualified, not anything that I just wrote up. You didn't write up your own resume. You didn't just, you know, fill out this whole application and just say, Because Jesus Christ said it, because that (laughs) sounds silly Well who, you know, what you know, what happens when we fill out resumes, there has to be what, references, right? And that's what the body of Christ is missing. We're like, but yeah, where where are your references? Because the secular world says you need a reference. People that we can call to say that you didn't just make up all of this information, but they are verifiers. And so why we need Price University and why we need prophets to get back into school is because you need a reference. And it
2: has to be more than just the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes and giving you an opportunity to talk through concepts and ideas with other prophets, with other prophetic students who are also going through that process, so that you can articulate. I always tell my students, the goal of this class is for you to be able to articulate this revelation with meaning, context, and confidence, so that you get to the place where you can articulate the mind and will and knowledge of God, and know that it's coming from a scriptural background, that, that, that your thoughts have been vetted through, you know, what our prophetic student's discover as they're going through this program is that a lot of their thoughts on things haven't been ironed out, like their thoughts on eternal life salvation, you know what I mean? Condemnation. What makes righteousness righteousness? What what makes sin a sin? How do people come back from rebellion? All sorts of things. Have you considered those things? Because those are the types of things that you have to go to, to be able to articulate as an officer of God, as someone who's sitting in that place. Do you think people cut us slack? They don't cut us any slack. They want, especially the world. Forget that. The world wants you to know every answer about God. Why are there tornadoes in this place? Why is God tearing up this? You know what I mean? Why doesn't God care about the homosexuals? Why isn't, Hello. Everybody's asking you questions, and they expect you, if you're going to stand in the name of God, that you know his mind on those things. Mm-hmm. So the the idea of education is to allow you to have an environment where, hello, you can flesh out your own thoughts as well and begin to build your articulations, your revelations, and that they come from a real place. You just finished your apostles program. Maybe speak to that for just a few moments. You know, is that something that you also encountered as you were going through the program, that there were things that you also had to flesh out about what you believed about things?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I didn't first started going through the apostles program probably a good 10 years ago. I didn't even understand what the word meant. So, mm-hmm. I mean, getting the schooling for those 10 years, I went 10 years off and on
0: yeah. to get
1: that schooling. I don't regret one single minute of it. Yeah, uh, I'm still learning
0: mm-hmm. to this
1: day. But I know now I didn't just go read it in the Bible, per se. Mm
0: -hmm. I had
1: to really get some knowledge and wisdom applied to that. I also had to understand being vetted means you really have to walk through that experience of apostleship and learning what that's all about. And being qualified, like um, Prophet uh, Tamara said, you know, I could have thought that I was qualified, but after going through the school, you know, you can't just say, well, God qualified me. God qualifies you when you go get the training you need. <laughs> he's already made his decision. He knows the thoughts of you. Yeah. But he's got his thoughts on you getting more understanding of what you're dealing with. Yeah. So by going through the school, I got a lot of understanding of what apostleship was really about. I got a great understanding that to be a high-ranking officer requires your mantle becoming sharp
0: yes. and being
1: able to understand more about the fact That, you know, we think the president of of the U.S. is the highest, but the officer is the apostle. Mm -hmm. So learning what that really means, not taken away from the president of the U.S., but understanding your ranking, your authority, all of that dominion God has given you, you need to learn detail by detail what that means. And don't just try to walk it out on your own. I I do not go with people that say, uh, I just believe the Holy Spirit will tell me. I used to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I don't do that. After being trained, I understand the Holy Spirit was not going to tell me anything else unless I got some more wisdom, mm-hmm. some more knowledge, some training, some schooling, because that's how he wanted to tell me. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I took off that cloak of feeling like, well, I can get it from the Holy Ghost because I went through 45 years of ministry. Mm-hmm. But it was the last 10 years that I got to understand. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And that was when I decided, let me put some schooling behind this. So Price University has really helped me to really understand what apostles really do, who got his call, why they are his high-ranking officer, why he wants them trained to sound like him, understand yes. how to be vetted, uh, all of this. He has a purpose for it. And if we throw that out the back door, we're probably going to go through another 45 years Oh, absolutely, and get nothing. That's good
2: well those, those mechanics and I'll have PAT mods we can do this a little bit as we wrap up but the the mechanics of your office and your position you learn in an environment like school like in other words, the how and why you also learn in environments of a prophetic school a good one is going to help you get to the bottom of your exact mandate and calling because i can't tell you how many times the prophets will tell me that they're operating in their office of the prophetic and they really can't articulate exactly what God called them to do, mm-hmm. what their specific assignment is, or how about this, how they do it, they'll do. They'll say, I, I don't know how, when God just comes and just flows, what do you mean you don't know how? What? What do you mean? Like, why don't you know how? Like, why wouldn't you know how it happens? You know? And I think that we convince ourselves that because we have gaps, hear me, education gaps, mm-hmm. then we convince ourselves that that's how God works. But in the Bible that I read, Especially looking at Jeremiah's story yet again, he actually was extremely specific with Jeremiah about exactly what he would say and who he made him to be. He said, I made you a city, a pillar, a brick, a brazen wall. He gave him very specifics about who he was to be. And so what I tell students is if you don't know, then there's still some learning yet to be done. That you can't articulate what your purpose is in God what he calls you to be, or how you're going to do it, then there are gaps in your education that you must right. then go back and get. And how about this? The education should, if it's really good, send you back back to that visitation, back to your knees to get the full answer. Right. Most of the time, see, people will say, I work with young people, so I don't really fall for this and I get this. People will say, well, God didn't tell me. I said, nope, you didn't spend enough time. Come on. That's what I'm it's not that God didn't tell you. You didn't spend enough time to get it. What? You didn't spend enough time to get it. I send them back. You better go back because he told Jeremiah, so why wouldn't he tell you? He told Isaiah, so why wouldn't he tell you? Daniel didn't have an identity crisis, so why, did he, why wouldn't he tell you? Go mm. back and get it. But the education, praise God, it actually should send you back right. to those places. You know, being educated by Dr. Bright didn't mean that everything came from a book. It's that she taught me how to get it from God. Yeah. You Do go. you hear me? You it was, that's, this is what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Yes, we use the prophet's handbook. Yes, we use these tools. We use the prophet's dictionary. We use our Bible. We use these tools in school. But good education, especially spiritual education, should teach you how to go to God and get it. See, you don't even know that you needed education for that. See, I mom. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I deal with the biblical psychology department. I speak to the fact that being at price, you sit you. Yeah. It's just that soul really deals with those tears, those issues, to see what kind of vessel you can be. Are you going to be a Balaam? Or are you going to be a, a, a Jeremiah? Yeah. And so those things are important, and I find that, that sometimes when I'm dealing with other ministers out there, that's the thing they buy that. So The character, the integrity, all of that is flawed because it hasn't been tried. Okay. People don't get a chance to ask you questions. See how you walk through the pressure. Mm-hmm. Being a PIT training here, listening is like a glass window. All right, while you're walking through, you're learning, you're training, you're teaching, but the other prophets are looking at you, making sure you can handle it. Yeah. Because when you're put in that office, you get to administrate who you are in that office. So biblical psychology goes after that part. Oh, cool. And Dr. Price was clear on that. Everyone that comes to the school must go to biblical psychology mm-hmm. because you have to see where your soul is and how connected it is to the spirit of God. That's good. So, wow, no, that's good.
2: No, that's good. There's, a, there's a whole world of God's world, if you will, that you want to conquer. You need to master it, you know, and it is important to doing your job mm-hmm. as God's prophet, as God's apostles. Mm-hmm. You know, do we have a right? to speak for this man if we don't know the totality of who he is, and we're not spending time and investing time to find out what that is, then do we have a right to say, I'm going to speak the word of the Lord? You know, um, most of what you hear today um, is a lot of people prophesying from their heart, a lot of people prophesying from the spirit of man and what they see. And uh, you just, you've got to know that God is calling his genuine prophets to stand out from among them um, and to be able with articulation to speak on his behalf with the totality of the knowledge of God. You know, it's it's all good and fine until the people with the training really show up. You know, I, I can be administering CPR to a guy, but when the guy from the ambulance comes, I'm letting him take over, okay, because I recognize that he knows how to get into the midst of things that I know not of because of his background and his training. And in a moment, faster than you think, The authentic prophetic is going to be revealed and those who took the time to know God's world are going to be standing out amidst those who are just Speaking from the heart, or speaking from what they picked up from the spiritual atmosphere around them, hmm. God is making, a, He's making a defining line, and He's determining that. And the prophets are being distinguished. You know, the the prophetic really is about seeing what is to come, and not interpreting just what we're seeing. So even though there are a lot of prophesiers that are enjoying prosperity in the moment, the genuine prophets understand that that comes to an end, and God is going to be raising up those who went through the paces and put themselves to the paces. and by demonstration they will be revealed. So God is doing that. We're going to wrap up today. Um, there's just maybe a couple of minutes left and so what I want to do in the time that we have remaining is I just want to kind of um, throw out to you about TPTI and I'll give you just a second to let Rachel know any questions that you have. We'll probably take like one question or so and then we'll wrap up. So as she's looking through and sifting through the comments to make sure she gets your questions, I just want to tell you about Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute guys because it's coming up um, and we are we're preparing now for really a full week of activity. It is University Week for Us, uh, June 19th through the 22nd. That's where we're having our Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. So this year, the Collins brothers are going to be with us, Prophet Hakim and Naeem. Um, they're going to be here with us. Uh, Jeff Severs is going to be here with us. Dr. Paula Bryce, of course, is going to host this event. Our very own chief prophet is going to teach as well. Um, and then we have our other prophets. Apostle Ashley is going to be doing a training track at night. I am going to be dealing with our teen prophets in the evening, and it's going to be powerful. Apostle Sally is going to do morning glory for us in the morning as we pray and get prepared. It's going to be a powerful time as we come together as apostles and prophets and we really begin to move the spirit of God and find out the pulse and what we need to be doing but also to be trained and to be lifted up and educated because at our prophetic institute we do a lot of equipping and training and educating as well that's June 19th through the 22nd want to let you know about it and the reason is because buy one get one it's happening right now and it's through February 20th Mm -hmm. so you don't want to miss out on it Dr. com plan to join us, you guys. It's going to be powerful. I'm going to lean to Rachel to see if there are any questions at all uh, before we uh, dismiss today because we want to make sure we get to a question or two. There was just one question at the top of the show. It was, um, what is an edict? An edict is a divine command, a divine decree that is considered law. So uh, it's something that comes from an authority um, and it is binding. So when God gives an edict, it's something that he has made into law, and it becomes binding, and it is executable. Mm -hmm. For more understanding of edict, MiriamWester.com will give you some definition and understanding. Any kind of word search would help you to dig into that more. It's not purely a prophetic term. I mean, an edict is what any government would would, um, use in order to bring divine law from the head of that government. So good question. If you guys have more questions as, we're, as we move forward with the Paula Price show, I'm going to tell you right now how you can get involved in all the archives. And I don't want to forget to tell you how to give to Dr. Price and her ministry. So I'm going to give you all of her cash, her cash app, and Rachel's going to put that on the screen for us. But it's hash, the, the dollar sign, Dr. Paula A. Price, or Dr. Paula Price, without the A, Dr. Paula Price, and then PayPal.me slash Dr. Paula Price, and then her text to give is 918-608-1378. So please, uh, ladies and gentlemen who watch the show, please don't forget to give today. Your giving enables Dr. Price to keep moving forward in everything that she's doing. So I'm going to encourage you and really invite you to sow a seed into her ministry today. Use the Cash App, the PayPal, or the text to give, 918-608-1378. She appreciates it, and she cannot do what she does without you. So please take a moment to sow if you enjoy her broadcast. You know, she works hard to make sure. She never misses a broadcast with you guys, so even when she's out of town, we're here. And we're making sure that we're bringing you the Paula Price show. So I really want you to show your appreciation to this woman of God. Please take a moment to sow into her ministry. And as you do, I'm going to let you know how you can stay connected, all right, to what we're doing. If you're not already following Dr. Price on Facebook, you might be joining us by YouTube. Dr. Price is on Facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price. She's also on LinkedIn, Twitter, and you can go to her website, DrPaulaAPrice.com, to get connected to her through those venues. You can actually send us prayer requests online. We do pray over all the prayer requests that come in. You can do that by visiting us online at drpaulaaprice.com. Going to go back one more time to the Price University. We talked about that today, the training. Prophet Tamir talked with you guys about the Program for Profits, which is labeled, uh, that program is labeled our MCP Program, Ministry Credentialing Program. So when you're looking up, PriceView.org, and you want to know how can I train to be a prophet, or how can I train in these areas? I just want to encourage you to go to our website, click Programs of Study and look at the MCP program. That is what you're going to want to start with if you believe that God has called you to be a prophet or any of the other officers, the teacher. If you want to take biblical psychology, which Professor Maud is leading up this semester with biblical psychology one and two, by the way, but if you want to, uh, to take biblical psychology, there's actually a special place to register for that online. Just look under the programs. You're going to see biblical psychology. Get registered for that, and you'll be able to start that class. That's a semester-long class. Don't forget that self-studies are starting up again on February 18th, these four-week classes. We don't want you to miss it. So visit us at PriceUniversity.org to get registered. We hope you guys enjoyed today. We're standing in Dr. Price's stead, making sure to bring you quality st- programming from the Paula Price Show. Mm-hmm. Check her out on Facebook. And don't forget to sow a seed. We'll see you guys on Sunday for the congregation of the Mighty Sunday School at 8 o'clock and Dr. Paula Price herself at 10 a.m. for church.